That is one flash setup you've got there. Benny? Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) See a lot of audio equipment there. Yeah, it's another hobby for me. I play in a band and do some songs recording in here for uh, home recording for the first demo. I'm very, very impressed. That almost shows up uh, Mr. Uh, Wee Devil's uh, flash setup he's got. <laughs> you could set a cardboard box on fire and you'd uh, you'd beat my setup, so <laughs> not really. Uh, not doesn't say a lot about mine. <laughs> oh, dear. What have I done with that? I'll do. Right, two o'clock it is. Shall we get started, gents? We shall, shall we sir, figure we out shall. what we're doing? I believe I am live, yep. Ready. Lovely. Start posting some links there in people's chats. Happy days, happy days. Well, what we have for episode 34, I believe, of the Daisy podcast. So we are we are rocking and rolling. We are getting there. Before long, we're gonna be at our uh, our year anniversary. I haven't worked out when that, what date that's going to be yet, but I can only imagine that's going to get interesting, to say the least. Well, let me just adjust my webcam ever so slightly. I think I probably made it worse, but never mind. I'm a pro, honest. But ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 34 of the Daisy podcast. Quickly before we start, do you want to give one quick shout out? A happy birthday to Rav Plays. Yes, 19. Today. 19. Happy now, he, he falls under the same category for me as uh, Milo in a positive way, in that I didn't realize either of them were so young. And it's making me feel really feckin' old. Yeah. Because there's just coming up about 10 years between me and Rav Plays. Yep. The talent in the community seems to be getting younger and younger now. It's it mad, does. Isn't it? It's oh, all, all these mental. young guys, buddy. Um, you know, how old are you, Benny? What? Sorry. I didn't... <laughs> how old are you, mate? Oh, uh, uh, something about forty-one, if I'm correct. You're forty-one. Forty-one. Yeah. Really. Wow. Wow. Uh, but yeah, just the, the young guys are uh, just. Yeah, they've grown up with all this technology that you know we saw evolve. They've had it at their fingertips all this time, so it doesn't surprise me how good some of them are. Brim, it's mad, isn't it? But it, like it, it, it dawned on me the other night as well when you have guys like Milo. For me, like knowing when when all that drama stuff kicked off, and I sort of because I never really looked into the guy. I knew of him. I knew the name. I played on one of his servers before, and that was about it. That was all I knew. Seen a couple of his videos. That was it. And I didn't realize until that all kicked off that he was as young as he is. And it, it made me think, like, he must have been running those servers since he was fairly young then, because mm. at the time of that, he was sort of 18, 19, sort of coming up that sort of age when we spoke to him. So it's it, it boggles my mind that there are so many young people of that sort of age range, if you like, that sort of you know, 16 to 25 age range who are, who you don't realize are in that age range because they're so, you know, they are so advanced, so to speak. They are so ahead of it. They are so popular guys like Rav, for example, that, you know, it, you if you had asked me how old do you think Rav plays, I would have said 
maybe early to mid 20s but i would have easily put him closer to the 24 25 years old mark yeah you know but then to find out because i saw it on his twitter that it was his birthday and he was 19 i was like fuck's sake now i doubt i do feel old i can only imagine how you feel boy you being 112 but you know it's still <laughs> how old are you i'm 47 ah that's fine yeah but i act like i'm 74 <laughs> Saying nothing, saying nothing. But let's Your get kids on with the get proper up festivities. <laughs> let's get on I with the proper festivities. Would stop aging at twenty-seven. Yeah. Oh, my 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 aging just took a my physical aging just went off by the time I hit sort of twenty-five. I hit twenty-five, and by the time I was twenty-six, I looked forty-five. So it's all right. Kind of <laughs> works out. Where are we at? There we are. So, episode 34 of the podcast. I am Brimstone Live, as always, joined by Boydie and Wee Devil, as always. And today's special guest, Benny, the creator and the creative genius, if you don't mind, uh, behind the Deer Isle modded map. I've got a lot of people who are very, uh, very happy and very interested in having you on because we, I run a, help run a server with a Deer Isle map. And one of our topics today, in fact, is that there seems to be quite a lot of uh, Deer Isle related servers going on at the moment. So this is uh, this is very exciting. So why don't you start by uh, telling us a bit about yourself, Benny? Tell us about your background and things. Uh, okay. As far as you know, I'm 41. I'm from Germany. And I think the first time I got into modding was uh, 1994 with the Doom Editor Utilities on the MS-DOS box. <laughs> Wow. These were the first levels I always uh, I, I've created since then. But um, okay, the island for now. I started two years ago. Uh, the first days it was just some small uh, project where I just ah. I'm, I'm first of all I'm sorry. It's so long time uh, long time ago. I've speaking English, so some words may be missing. But I try to do my best to explain everything I can. Ah, so it's right. just a kind of lack of vocabulary. <laughs> you, you speak you speak better English than last week's guest, that's for sure. <laughs> if I remember the correct words, then I can speak them, but <laughs> yeah. Um, besides the modding, I do some um, home recording for our band in which I play with two friends of mine for the last 10 years. We do some kind of uh, English and German punk rock uh, but unfortunately, since we all are over 40 now, the other band members have now families and kids, so we don't have enough time like the last 10 years. So it's enough time, spare time for me left for modding <laughs> and yep. such stuff. And what, what, was your, what, what was your sort of inspiration, if you like? Obviously, I've seen through the, through the Discord and through your website, and you say... That uh, Deer Isle is based in, in a real location. What was your, what was your sort of in, your influence on on starting that? What made you want to go down that route and do that? Um, some years ago, I tried modding on Armor and creating some Terra and maps there, but unfortunately, I couldn't get into it. It uh, it feels so hard and it was so buggy, and I couldn't get into the uh, the stuff to get the tools working and I quit again. 
And when uh, Daisy Bohemian released the editor tools, I thought, hey, come, let's try it again. But you need a place you want to rebuild. So I had a look on Google Earth and I was just scrolling all over the world and zooming in for islands because I think an island is much easier to implement and looks nicer because you don't have the hard terrain borders around there. Because, you know, in channels, when you go to the north or to the west, um, you got this infinity land yep. up there. You can walk in, but you can't um, build in there. And it's always looking quite ugly because you don't have any uh, trees or something like that. So I decided it must be an island because you don't have those map borders at all. And while I was zooming around Maine, USA up there, I found the place. It looked quite nice. It's got nearly the same dimensions like Generous does with 60, more, 60 kilometers side length. And so I decided, come on, let's try it. And I started it. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And how, how much of a, a, how difficult has that been over the last couple of years? Because I remember when Deer Isle oh, first yeah. came out, I, I, you only had at that time, there was only one server running the Deer Isle map. And that was the Deer Isle experimental server that anyone could come on and play. And I remember playing that way back when it first came out. And to see yeah. that progression, there's, it's so different now. You've done so much work <laughs> in what seems to be such a short period of time. How, how, how much of a, of a difficulty has that been to, to get it from where it was to where it is today? Uh, unfortunately, the Daisy tools are not quite funny to work with. <laughs> um, I've been doing other things before in Unity, some small jump and runs, 2D shooters, and Unity, in comparison to the DayZ tools, are completely different. And everyone knows who's working with the DayZ tools, how buggy, unstable, and kind of bitchy those kind of software is. And when they released the tools in November, two years ago, I think it was the time, there was nearly no documentation and the hard thing was to get into it and get the correct settings to work because nobody knew how you need those settings for DC to make a good looking map. But luckily, uh, maybe you know that the Kimsey map also is done yeah. by Lugge. It's a friend of mine. We met two years ago in the Daisy modding discord. And we got uh, became friends nice. and shared all the information we could gather around um, creating those maps. So sometimes he had some tricks and new stuff I didn't know. And so we shared every information we could get to get all those tools working. Brilliant. And unfortunately, there are so less new maps i really want to see much more new maps upcoming yeah but i think about 90 percent or more of the persons who start creating a map quit because they really underestimate the time needed creating such a world when you want to have nice little details and eye candy spots and i think the most important thing uh, in the last two years was just you don't have to work 10 hours a day on a map but 
you have to work constantly on it. Even it's just one hour or sometimes you do just little stuff, but it's really important that you just stick on the project day by day over those two years because it's really so time consuming. Yeah. And and obviously we, we know as well that you, you stream a lot of your um a lot of your your modding, a lot of your development on yeah. DRR as well on your own sort of Twitch channel. Um so what's what's that been like as far as you've got sort of a, a very unique um a unique sort of perspective into the community that follow you because you do that. You know, you've got obviously you've got your your DRR Discord. Um but but being that you stream you actually sitting and developing the map. How how do you feel that benefits you when it comes to obviously your community and and showing people the different things that you sort of have to do to to go forward with the map? Um, you know, um, in the first place, I am building this map for me <laughs> because yeah. uh, and, and not for some somewhere some person else because. I want to have a place where I can walk around with my um, player and just like and see and build those stuff I want to have in a game. And sometimes yeah. it's a little bit hard to communicate this to the people in the Discord because sometimes there are some people who say, no, you have to fix this first and you have to rebuild this mountain like this. And I say, no, I don't take it personal. I don't care in this case because <laughs> I think my solution is nicer than your idea. Um, I'm always open for ideas and inputs, uh, inputs uh, about um, improving the map. But underline, I don't care if other people don't agree with my decisions. And this was. Um, not easy when I start streaming because when you show the people what you are working on right now, you get so much input from them through the chat where they say, oh, you, you are building this. Oh, try this and move this there. And so it's much more relaxing if you build on the map without streaming. Um, most yeah. of the time I just stream when I know I do easy work where uh, it's not so important to do some kind of decisions. How many hours have you put into DRL? Um, I've looked into my Steam account one hour ago, and Steam is saying about 4,600 hours. Wow. Wow. That is, uh, that is a lot. That okay. is a lot. So, but, but this is not just um, mapping in the Terrain Builder. This is all kind of modding or mapping I do. So it's time which went into Photoshopping, um, Blender, Terrain Builder, and other software tools. But it's the time which got into the map, yeah. I have a question. If you've put that amount of time in so far, without putting a deadline or anything on yourself, how far would you say you are from calling <laughs> it what you would call complete or what you feel okay. you would be finished with? Mm, when I started, my goal was to finish the map this year. I thought for myself, okay, two years would be enough time to put all my ideas into it. But at the moment right now, I would say I need another year to go. <laughs> Because, so years, um, not months. 
yeah yeah so okay so as you've as you as you've been developing it have you kept adding more sort of tasks for yourself to do like the more you've done have you oh actually i'm going to add this now as well feature creep or is or are you yeah or are you still are you still just trying to build the initial vision you had for it no it's it always changing it's always changing yeah. Um, because there are some kind of work you have to do, which is getting very boring over the time. I think the most boring stuff is building some kind of standard village, put a house and some fence around it and a road. And this is really, really boring to do. And this is also the case why some locations like the latest K-Muke underground military complex or other special eye candy places went in because I didn't like building the standard stuff over and over and you need some change something um, variation which keeps you going yeah, yeah. so I, I'm always switching and just working on that where I have fun working on because in other case it would be some kind of work and I don't want to be modding feeling like work so I'm always yeah. switching just the stuff I have fun with I, I know there are plenty of bugs and locations which have to be fixed, but unfortunately, uh, the map is very big. I'm doing this on my own, and so sometimes some things just take really, really long uh, so I can fix them because there are so much things to do and always uh, new stuff coming in, like the uh, temple, maybe. This was some kind of location which got into because I was bored building the old stuff over and over again. Mm -hmm. Well, to be fair, I think you should get bored more often because yeah. <laughs> some of some of the locations you've created, you say they're like the temple, uh, you know, the underground military complex and things like that. There's a there's a lot of places like that on the map that are that are so unique that you don't see anywhere else. You can only find those types of areas on Deer Isle. A lot of people will try to recreate things like that or do their own versions of that. But I've noticed over the years that nothing seems to really come as close to it as Deer Isle, you know, and, and being that I, I help run a, a server running the Deer Isle map, I get the opportunity to go into, you know, admin mode into free cam and have a really yeah. good look around and see all the different, you know, the different niche little things, the cool little, you know, Easter eggs that you've popped in yeah. there and things. And it's there's so many different things that it, you, it would take years to actually find them all. Yeah, and it's so much fun to put those kind of Easter eggs into because, you know, I, I'm a gamer from, for years now and I grew up with the Nintendo Entertainment System and all the other consoles coming afterwards. And so it's so fun if you have the possibility when you have an own project like the Dial map where you can put those um, Easter eggs from old games into and maybe you've found one or two on the map yet <laughs> and what was it that sort of inspired you to make the 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 kmuk the, the underground military bunker because <laughs> i i only i only found that about two or three weeks ago because i happened to to fly over that area in in free cam and spotted that there was something different there that i hadn't noticed before so looked uh, okay. into it and and that whole that whole key card access door system that you've got there is i've never seen anything like that before um when i'm working on the map i'm always trying to put different kind of biomes in there 
Yeah. So you have those um, changes for the player where they can play. If, if, if it's the temple or later on the Snorri Island, which will be introduced next year, but it's uh, currently laid out. You can go there, but there's no trees and stuff like that. And the idea of the Camo came when I put the mountain in there. In the first versions of the island, there wasn't no mountain at all there. Yeah. But then I got bored and thought, hey, you need something big. So <laughs> let's put a really, really big mountain in there. And when I had the mountain, I knew players like if they have some kind of underground stuff they don't find on the official maps. And so I built the mountain intentionally so high that I knew, okay, I can use this all 500 meters highness of, of, of the mountain to put something very deep military base kind of stuff in there. But it took about six or seven months until I could really start working on the Camo project because I want to have finished other areas first. But it should be some kind of endgame-like area. So you, as you said, you have a key card you need to find somewhere, but you can. Uh, it depends on on the server owner's configuration where they want to have the key card spawned. Um, but the Kmog, yeah, was intentionally some kind of raiding World of Warcraft area where you have to go down a deep way and you shouldn't survive the first time you go there. Um, so, yeah. It's such an incredible location as well, because like you say, with the with the size of the mountain, it's so it is such a chore to get there in the first place. So when as a player, when you do get there, it, it, it seems like an achievement just to get there, regardless of whether you've got the key card and can actually get in there. It's it's such a it's such a large area, and I know you were saying there about the uh, about the snowy area as well. What what if you if you can, you know, without spoiling anything for for your future plans, you know, what what is it that you're hoping to to achieve with the with the snowy side of the mountain as well? Uh, to be honest, I have no idea right now. <laughs> this will come um, when I get bored again on a, another project. Uh, while I'm working on those uh, different areas, I'm always thinking of what can I do with the other stuff around, even if I don't actually working on it. So I know that at some point, a cool idea will pop up, which I can put on this cold, snorry area. Yeah, because it's it's quite a beautiful area as it is, because it's obviously with that right at the waterfront, you've got that big sort of statue of of the lady there that that <laughs> yeah. looks like the figurehead on the front of old ships, you know. So it's it's quite an interesting area, and I think now with the one ten update getting ready to come out for Daisy and that changing things, having having that more cold and having having different clothing items that will, um, you know, impact how cold yeah. you can get and things like that. How do you foresee that impacting your, you know, your your development of that area of your map? Uh, I definitely want to have some kind of game-changing um, temperature clothing stuff going on up there. But 
I'm, I'm not really good at coding. So I always have to look for the skilled people in the modding community, but there are so much people out there you, uh, which can do this kind of stuff for you. But I definitely want to have some uh, changes of the temperature up there. I'm not going into so deep like Sumrek is going with Namalsk and temperature and clothing stuff handling there. But I think it would be possible to uh, do some kind of script that if players arrive there, you can drop the base temperature maybe about 10 degrees or something like that. So at least you need some clothing warming stuff or heat packs to go up there. I'm sure there's some changes in vanilla in 1.10 hmm. or 1.10, whatever you want to call it. I'm sure there's some changes coming that are doing this. I'm, I'm sure I read it. Yeah, yeah so there was something about the temperature, temperature variation is yeah. yeah, and temp temperature changes to do with height as well, I think. Yeah, so it's gonna be it's gonna be out I think it's gonna be altitude based because when I read the patch notes originally, it said that if you're trying to go to somewhere like Tissy, for example, being that it's at the very top of the map and it's quite high up altitude wise, you will need warmer clothing than if you're running around on the coast or even just going inland. To somewhere like northwest airfield so that's that's really going to add in a lot of dynamics for a lot of people that yeah. we've not really had before and, and like you say with the deer isle map <clears throat> excuse me having that um having that snowy area and having that that big mountain you know having that temperature change is really going to change the way a lot of people will play the game and, and especially play on that map yeah, but in the end, it really depends on the server owner's configuration of what kind of gameplay they have set up. <laughs> Since, you know, there are so many players who are out there for just quick and fast PvP, others yeah. for roleplay, others for real surviving. Uh, but for the real surviving players, uh, I think it will be a really good and nice addition. Maybe not as for the PvP, but... I think this is the, the really nice thing about the DayZ and the mapping and tools that everyone can use this setup and game for its own um, imagination they want to have or what kind of gameplay they want to have. Um, there was some threads or the discussion going on in the DayZ modding community where some people said, oh, I'm so sick of seeing all those colored and blinky anime stuff, items and disco light stuff in there. We need real su surviving stuff. We need more uh, military. And I don't really agree with this because that's the point that you can set up your server and your gameplay and the map like you want to have it. And if you don't like the setup, just use another server. Yeah, I think I think that's where we're quite lucky in the Daisy community now that there are I mean we kind of say it every week on the podcast there's so many different servers out there now yeah. with so many different gameplay styles you've got you know you've got Boydie's server Dean's Beans with the really hardcore side of it you've got Ben's server the Blue Waffle Attack Force where you've got more of a raid and PVP and you've got Futile run. <laughs> yeah, with disco lights and you got you got futile which is the one i help run which is more role playing and um, pve focused with some pvp thrown in there for fun you know it, there is such a and when you when you in, when you include all these maps you've like you say you've got drr you've got uh chim c there's a there's a lot of new maps coming out now there's a lot of different ones that 
you know, that, that are really fun to explore. Yeah, Essica's on its way out, hopefully. Yeah. Um, you know, and if, if it, great looking, really great yeah. looking. And if and if you go on the Daisy standalone launcher, you can you can actually look through the um through the list of maps and it will show you servers that only run those maps. And the list now is just getting bigger and bigger every day. There's so many new modded maps coming up. Some of them are obviously at the very start of their um, you know, of their development, and some of them are a bit further on, like Deer Isle, but we really are spoilt for choice now in in what we can do and what we can play on. I think I've met two people this week that are setting up Deer Isle servers at the moment. Mm. Yeah. There seems to be a lot, and that, that is one of our topics today as well, is there does seem to be quite a few showing up now. I know Happy Bombs has uh, recently opened up a, a zero deer aisle, if I'm not mistaken, and there seems to it seems to be a, a, a map that's sort of hit its popularity quite quite quickly again. It seems to have had that big big uptick. Have, have you noticed that as well, Benny, that, that more servers are seem to be running your map now? Yeah, it's getting more and more. I'm not looking every day or every week for the amount of servers running, but um, maybe once a month I really look how much people and server owners are hosting the map because, of course, it's nice to see if the people uh, seem to like the stuff you're working on or you're building. And when more and more servers are popping up with the other map. It seems that the map is doing it the, the right way. Is yeah. that adding more pressure for you though, mate? No, no, because like I said earlier, it's this kind of, um, that I say, I don't care about what other people say about the map and what they want to have on it. It's a good way to do it. Yeah, at the end of the day, I think you you see that a lot, don't you, in our in sort of the gaming community and the Twitch community, is people say that if you want growth and you want the success, do things for you, and that success yeah, will yeah. eventually come to you. And I don't always agree with that in a way. I think there are ways to do things that are going to help you more than others in certain situations. But I think at the end of the day, as long as you're happy and you're doing what yeah. you enjoy doing, then I think that will translate to the to the audience or to the player base of a map or things yeah. like that. You you know, it, it will come across and you will ultimately have a have a more positive experience and a more polished product at the end of the day. Yeah, definitely. You should have an open ear for ideas of other players or people say, of course, definitely. But in the end, um, if you work for what other people want to have, you can't do this about two years if you just work for others. So yeah. this is why you have really to build it for you so that you like it, you, you enjoy it, but you also enjoy it if other people like your decisions in the end too. So yeah. Yeah, it kind of it feels good to see someone else enjoying something that you've worked so hard and enjoyed creating yourself. Um, but but what's it been like for you when it comes to uh, to the Dear Isle Discord? Because trying to curate obviously all the people's opinions and 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 trying to get that that constructive feedback of look, there's areas of the map that aren't finished. There are these bits that I don't like. What's it like for you? with with having that community in the discord giving the feedback and how has that sort of helped 
with, <laughs> with, with everything. Um, when it comes to bugs and installation setup problems about the island and server configurations, luckily uh, the community can help each other out because there are so much, as you said, servers right now out there. So they know how to set up and give those information to others who ask in the Discord. So I don't have to care about helping other people's um, server configuration running. But on the other side, for the basic configuration, there's some Deer Island Wikipedia page up where I have the most basic information of how to get the map running on. But when it comes to bugs and installations, so the community help each other out. But there's so I think uh, the island has now about over 100,040 subscribers. I don't know exactly. There are so many people which have or which think they want to talk to you because they have uh, some specific kind of problem. And this is why I also um, disabled my privacy settings on Discord because, like yeah. you said, on your Twitch, Twitter messages uh, before, I would get about 50, 60 um, messages a day and you can't answer all messages you can get uh, via Discord because there wouldn't be any time left to mod on the map. So most of the time I just uh, ignore those kind of messages. And when it comes to some discussions within the Discord, maybe that some people get upset about themselves and there's some uh, chatty uh, fighting going on. I sometimes want to write something to it, but mm. um, I learned the best solution is don't write anything because it just won't go up there and there and there and there. And it just leads to some I don't know. Um, yeah, unnecessary discussion. Kind of, so yeah, just kind I of just leave it as as far like as I can. Yeah. every day. This. Uh, yeah. Well, that's that's the one thing I noticed is that it, it, there's a there's a weird sort of fifty fifty almost between with with the Deer Isle Discord. If you've got well, in fact, it's it's more skewed than that. There's a there's probably about I would say eighty maybe ninety percent of the of the posts in the Deer Isle Discord are people. Just having general conversations, how have you been, things like that, and other people helping, saying, look, this is how you fix this issue, you know, and things like that. And then you have that small minority that are still so vocal that are <laughs> posting straight away and tagging you in it and and then and DMing you and things. And for me, whenever I join a new Discord, I don't know how everyone else does it, but when I join a new Discord, the first thing I do is read the rules. Uh, maybe maybe yeah. maybe I'm maybe I'm just a square. Maybe I'm just an idiot for this. But I always <laughs> I always read the, I read the rules. And if 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 a rule says do not ping an admin, do not DM an admin, then uh, I don't yeah. do those things. But it seems like there's so many people sometimes that that just cannot read and understand and and stick to a, such a simple rule. And and that's what confused me because we had me and you had um had obviously spoken about uh, having you come on the podcast. And I'd been able to DM you on, on Discord. And then earlier on in the week, I tried again and it come up saying that I couldn't. And I was like, what on earth is that? <laughs> and that There's really no... confused me. Uh, I just <laughs> sometimes um, enable my private settings again so everyone can um, private message me, but only to get in contact with other 
with other models or persons I need to. Yeah. And sometimes I just forget to switch it back, like yeah. in this case. So you were lucky to, <laughs> to uh, message the first one where it was open, but then I, I closed it again because of this really massive amount of messages that would be yeah. coming in. I put yeah, that I down to you, that sense busy. of entitlement of um, people. I want my free software fixed ASAP. How dare you not oh, listen yeah. to me? I'm, I'm a, oh, wait, I'm not a paying customer. This is free. This is being done out of the goodness. Some people need to remember that. Yeah, sometimes I would say about once in two months, there's one person who is acting like this, who is trying to tell you what you have to do because you are the mapper and I, the player, encountered those and those bugs which I'm telling you right now, and you have to fix them now because you have to care about your community. What would you be without your community? And they really get angry. And uh, I would say once in two months, there's such a person coming up. That's a good ratio. To be fair, yeah. I mean, it's it's sad that, that there are people that Is it that worse have, on the game servers? It can yeah. be. can be, yeah. It, yeah, I mean, for, for our server, we've got our Discord set up where if you have an issue, whether it be for the Daisy server, the Rust server, for any game we, we run a server on, we say create a ticket. There is a ticket system in the Discord. Create a ticket. Tell us what it what the issue is. And then the only people that can see that ticket is admins and the person who opened it. It's not open to anyone to view. And yeah. that way, an admin who is available and free at that time can get it get the issue fixed and it's done quicker whereas if you were to like dm one of us because i live in the uk the guy who runs our server lives in taiwan one of our other admins lives i think on the west coast of america so you know it's potluck as to if you dm one of us is one of us going to be awake at those different days you know times of the day to help and the amount of times over the last month, month and a half that we have had to literally say to people, if you DM me again, I am banning you because <laughs> it's, people just do not listen. They will literally just be like, oh, they'll DM an admin and say, oh, I couldn't figure out how to create a ticket. So I'm just going to DM you, even though they've opened a ticket before and it's worked fine and we haven't changed anything. And they, yeah. they just they just want that quick. They think that they're entitled because they're playing on the server. Maybe they've donated to a Patreon or something or, you know, whatever's the, the case is, they, they believe they're entitled to that extra sense of, you know, of customer service in a, in a way. And it's it, it honestly, it does my head in. It's one of my absolute pet peeves that people just cannot read and and use common sense enough just to use the system that's set out for a reason i i don't know how you do it because i i deal with it maybe once twice a week at the most um you know i'm sure ben running running blue waffle as well probably has has a similar thing going on at times if not more so and i i don't know how anybody can deal with the amount of it that that happens because it's just my i'm i'm very customer service focused generally i will i will give the most professional reply to a dm when it's so unnecessary when it's just a friendly dm but the second anything like that happens i just i just can't i just have to hold my tongue because otherwise i'm gonna end up saying something that i really don't (laughs) don't think i should say it's things that i want to say and know that need to be said but i'd still just like nope i can't call this person 
this name because I, I shouldn't, but it's so difficult not to sometimes. Yeah, definitely. Um, since in the end, what sometimes the people are forget that it would be easier for them and sometimes they get an answer much faster if they don't send a private message to an admin yeah instead of just posting to the public forum because there are much more people out there maybe one of them knows the answer much faster than an admin would do and if um and, and sometimes if the players um can't get in contact with you over discord they tried another way instead of writing you messages over the patreon side or the website or the wiki uh, to get in contact with you when they can't on discord so they're looking and searching for other ways to private message you and when such message arrives sometimes over another way i just write them back please post this message again in the public discord i don't do any um support here on this way yeah yeah i think it's a, it's it's good to have that that sort of distinction between what you can and cannot do like you say don't dm me here because i can't help you here do it here yeah. because there's like you say with your discord there's so many people that are so well versed in in the drr map and the modding community who know just as much maybe even more so than others you know and and just po like yeah. you say just posting in that public forum you could have three or four people suddenly jump up and say look i know how to fix that here's the steps you need and then you know you'll you'll get that reaction a lot quicker and you'll get things fixed a lot quicker and like you say if someone's dming you at three o'clock in the morning you're fast asleep you know there's there's nothing you can do about that whereas if they had just posted in the public forum they would have got an answer it's yeah. it, it boggles my mind but what can we expect theoretically without giving any spoilers that you don't want to give what can we expect for deer isle in the future because i know you've said that you want to do more more stuff on the east side of the map there's a lot of like sheep island and stuff like that that are still sort of under development what's your sort of plan for for the future um currently i'm working on small archipel i don't know if this is the right word uh, a group of little islands yeah so some tropical flair i would say even if we don't have uh, the right vegetation <laughs> like palm trees or coconuts unfortunately but maybe some day later but this is an area i'm currently working on in the northwest part of the map at least when you when we can introduce boats someday because unfortunately the expansion boats are still too buggy to use for real safe gameplay <laughs> yeah but uh like i heard the expansion team is going to split up the boat and the heli into a separate mod on steam i think yeah true? i think yeah i think they're working on on making the vehicles client side i think they said they want to make make it so the vehicles are a separate mod to the rest of the expansion yeah. mod so that they can they can work on on fixing them a little bit quicker and easier without risking yeah you know making trouble for other parts of the mod which i think is a very mm -hmm. a very smart idea yeah, because the island would really improve when we have working 
and save boats on it. Yeah. Because all this little island and the new islands coming up now, they offer such nice places where you could um, drive with your boat. Uh, and I really think the map would improve if we have someday working boats on it. Yeah. Yeah, like you say, it's one of those maps, isn't it, where there is such a large body of water surrounding it that that you could literally, if you had a working boat, you could literally drive completely around the map. You can you could literally yeah. drive a circle around the entire map, which you can't re you can't do that on Chinaris. You know, Chinaris the water ends at some point. You end up in debug, and your you know your boat stops working. So. I don't I think that would be quite unique as well because we haven't had that before having having a map with that ability where you can literally circumnavigate the entire map yeah, in something I, like a boat but I think this is the cause because the boats don't have a very high priority on the expansion team to get the bug fixed on it because Chanaris and Livonia don't need the boats as important as for the islands. So they, I think they yeah. have other priorities in fixing other bugs. But unfortunately, I would really, I'm really looking forward for the day when they're going to fix the boats. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be really good. I think when they when they split those mods up and get everything sort of updated separately they can work on that a lot more then it'll it'll free them up with a lot so it'll be pretty good and like you say with the deer isle map having all these islands it'll be it'll be perfect but it's it's really good from my perspective as a player as well who sort of jumped into deer isle at the very beginning and then didn't really touch it again until a few months ago to see how far it's come to see the changes i used to have to swim everywhere Whereas now there's so many roads with little bridges and ways to go around and there's so many other little islands in between. So you can sort of swim from island to island and then, you know, wring out your clothes and things. It's it's really good to see. And and so, like you say, so many hidden little gems, like an underground prison at some, somewhere on the map and things like that is, you know, make, makes it so much more uh, interesting um this is the place i can show you i'm currently working on these little islands up there where i want to try to get some tropical flair in it wow. um just those trees give, look give really cool give me a cool. second i'm just looking for a place where was it where was it uh, okay so if you have uh, all those little islands around there where you have really nice beaches where you can have a campfire there and all these islands yeah exactly and those little islands are some kind connected so you really don't have to swim everywhere uh, at some points you have the floor raised up to just one meter water level so you can um, walk um, some ways between all those um, beaches up there and don't have to swim everywhere. Uh, so yeah. you, you can, you can also awesome. walk. That looks really cool. Mm. And this is another 
I would say eye candy project up there where you have some um, more wrecks of ships which stranded there. But it's not finished. It's, I, I'm currently working on that. But um, I think this is just another area which gives some changes to the other parts of the map. And again, that it seems so so different to anything else we've seen before. You know, you, every map has a coast to some degree, but the the coasts on most maps seem to be very similar to Chinaris in the way the the beach looks. It's you know, it's like a pebble beach with you know that that doesn't look you know particularly pleasing compared to what it could. Whereas some of this actually looks like there's actual white sand on the beach. Actually looks the foliage and the trees look much nicer. It doesn't look, I mean, you can see the textures there in the sand. It actually looks like sand as opposed to just a, you know, a rocky area. I like that. That looks really nice. And and <clears> were, were you the, the first? Though. Sorry, go on, Ben. I was just going to say, I've always found the sea very underutilized. Yeah. Yeah. I really like the, the, the idea of islands. And I think part of that's with the uh, with the oil rigs as well. I mean, before before Deer Isle, I never played on a on a server with oil rig. Were you the first one to do do oil rigs, really, Benny? Was was Deer Isle sort of the first map that ever ever really utilised oil rigs? Because I don't remember seeing them before. I think we've lost sound from him. Yeah, we are. I can't hear you, Ben. Can I hear, mate? Sorry, sorry, now again. Yeah, can hear Hello? you now. Yeah, can hear you now. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, what did I say right now? <laughs> we I, asked I about the oil rig. If I am the first uh, one who put oil rigs in there, I don't know. It was just I got bored again building the standard <laughs> villages, and so I thought to myself, okay, what can you build if you take all those assets and maybe rotate them in other directions and stick them together like Lego? Yeah. And the, the result was the first oil rig, I think, this one. I, I'm not sure about it. But l like I said before, it was some kind of, I got bored, I got a new idea, okay, so work on something you have fun working on. Yeah, I mean, it's. I don't remember a time where before where there were, where there were oil rigs until until I started playing on Deer Isle at the when it was very early in development. I had never seen an oil rig in Daisy before. I know a few maps now utilize them, and a few servers have had added them as an extra, but it, it does seem like such a a new thing, something that wasn't really around before that was so unique and, and... maybe on Arma. On Possibly some kind of armor maps, maybe. Possibly, I but then I, I never played armor, so I, I never had that experience. But I think, as far as Daisy standalone is concerned, there there were I don't think there were any oil rigs prior to to Deer Isle. So it, it's really cool to see something something new like that. And like I say, Deer Isle is one of those maps where there are so many hidden gems, like you say, where you've gotten bored doing the, the doing the standard sticking a house down water pumps the standard village building so you've you've decided to do something different and i think it's worked out fantastically because like i say there are so many oh thank you different areas like you say like you've got the 
got the oil rigs you've got the like the mayan temple ruins area you've got the new uh underground military bunker with a key card access door things like that there's it's such a unique map have we lost sound again no it's okay i, I was oh, just sorry. thinking about something sorry <laughs> <laughs> you know i mean there shows it perfectly that you know that that temple is such a that's... It's such a unique thing. You don't, that's not uh, that is not on any other map that I have ever seen. Well, um, I think what I really have to say at this point is a very, very big thank you to all the D Island donators and Patreons. Because without them, I couldn't buy the assets for those kind of areas and stuff like that. So I have a Patreon site for the island where you can become a Patreon and I use all this money for improving the map in all kind of way. I took some money to create some tools to making working on the island a little bit, little bit easier to skip some time consuming steps. Yeah. And I'm also want to have locations like the temple and so i'm looking on the internet of cool sets which may be fit into they see okay you can uh, argue if the temple is a kind of they see thing but i like the idea of have something mystical also too but uh, in the end i couldn't uh, get those um objects textures and stuff if i didn't have the people behind uh which are believing in a good working map and want also have new locations so at this point thank you all i love you <laughs> i mean that's the thing isn't it as well it's it's such a community driven project that yeah, definitely. you know there's no it, i think it, that makes it all the more impressive that you know you don't have some big studio behind you or you know you're not part of some massive multi-million dollar <laughs> company that and you're just uh you know, a part of a big team that's creating something. You've literally done this all, essentially all by yourself. Granted, you've had help here or there. You've had yeah, in the beginning there was a second, you. Yeah, in the beginning there was a second person, Tiltman. He was yeah. also very talented and did good stuff. Tiltman was the person who built the complete Portland city in the north. Right. It's done by Tiltman, and I think he's done, have done a really great job in yeah. working on details, and I was really impressed. But um, in the end, uh, it was all so time-consuming that at one point he said, hey, it's too much, I don't have the necessary time to work on the map, um, but I can use his work for the island. And so thank you very much to Tiltman, who's uh yeah. edit some stuff on the map in a really nice nice way absolutely yeah i mean it's it's such a cool area of the map as well that he's created it's you know again being being so far up north as well it's you know it's it, it's so cool to see such new areas like that come up and like you say how being that it's only been you know mostly you bit of bit of him i know you've had help from Obviously, people in the you know that have given you advice here or there, but you, yeah, you most essentially and so on, yeah, yeah. But I mean, obviously, obviously, it's a you know it's a community project. Lots of people have helped, but the, I think the fact that you have essentially worked on this by yourself to the most part, you've done the actual physical legwork, so to speak, you know, and it really speaks volumes. You know, it's it's quite an impressive, an impressive thing to do. I I wouldn't know where to start. 
not even close. I'm really surprised by myself because this is the first project I'm working for such a long time now. I think there has never been something else in my life where I invested so much time <laughs> in, in just one thing, really. It's yeah, it's it's very impressive. And to see that to see that you're still going and like I say, something that you've you've created so many new things like the temples, the underground bunkers and things, things that are so unique. It's really cool to see that there's someone out there that's doing something so very different to to how a lot of other people are are doing things with their with their development of maps and things. It's like yep. you said in the beginning, a lot of people start these projects thinking it's yep. a lot easier than it is you don't realize that something like that there the temple for instance could have hundreds of hours put into it uh yeah i think i needed about three months until the temple was really finished because in the end uh the amount of assets is not high it's it's only a, a few objects which are repeatedly used again and again just in some other direction or rotation Random. and it really took a long time to put those few assets into some way together that it doesn't only look copy pasted yeah random or natural and yeah. it's also nice to get a bit of a break from um <clears throat> russia eastern europe russia eastern europe something that's a bit different just it's fresh. It helps keep Daisy alive, not going stale. Change of vegetation and all that off brink brings in more than people think. So camo camo gear starts changing, all kinds of yeah. stuff like that. PvP in a, in an area like that is very intense with all those trees. I love I love maps with loads of vegetation. I love them. Summit doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, Summit's not a big fan of trees, but we just won't we just won't invite him to our Deer Isle party when we go to the temple and have a party <laughs> at the temple give him, next. Give him the initial terrain of Deer Isle with just nothing on it. Flat <laughs> yeah. You know what? Bang him in, bang him in the middle of Stonington and leave him there. He'll be happy. You know, the really annoying thing in working with the uh, Daisy Tools and Terra Builder and putting um, areas like the temple or Kamyuk together is that the tools, the Terra Builder, is very old software back to Arma 2. And Bohemian is using it for years now. And the Terra Builder has never improved with additional tools and helpers like you would have in other 3D software like Blender. So you don't have snapping, which is such a basic thing you, you need if you want to stick so, such buildings together like the temple. Um, Unfortunately, you have really put all those objects pixel by pixel by drag, uh, dragging the mouse into the editor. And it's so annoying because you don't have these kind of helpers like snapping or you can't uh, do stuff you are used from other softwares. Yeah, I've, I've, I've done a little bit, a tiny, tiny little bit. Of yeah like mapping stuff myself and I've experienced these problems. It's not fun. Like, have you, have you used Clement's Dabs editor? You know, I can show you a really nice example of this uh, missing snapping thing, which makes it so really annoying. Um, if you go to the Kamuk Underground Center, there's uh, the basic walls from the subway. Let me check here. 
um, they don't have a thickness. It's really just one plane. Um, and you have to stick all those little planes together. And if you don't have the correct angel, you could um, look through the wall if they don't stick together. Yeah. And while in Blender, you can easily snap the, all those things together within seconds. You really need minutes <laughs> um, just placing one tile to the exact pixel position you need without having uh, the holes and look-throughs there. How long did it take you to, from the start of the development of that underground, uh, that underground military complex? How long did it take you to to start to where it is today mm. to create that? Because it, it's such, it seems like such a massive under. Like I say, I've been down there. It's such a massive undertaking. It's such a huge underground area. It's, it's like a maze. I can only imagine it took you a very, very long time. Let me check my Discord channel. There's a work in progress showcase. And as I can scroll back to the point where I can, I first posted the first screenshot of it. Just wait a second. Just so I can estimate the time. Yeah, because on our server, we're looking at doing an event that's going to involve going there, getting a key card, actually getting in there, Obviously, the timer on the doors closing and things. So it's really going to be. I went down there in admin tools to to ah, kind of have okay. a look around, and it was. I didn't realize how absolutely huge. I got lost. If I hadn't had admin tools, I was gone. I was dead because there was no way I was getting out of there. My sense of direction <laughs> was terrible. Yeah, it's a pretty nice labyrinth, but there are different ways you can. Uh, go down and up there. I think there shouldn't be any dead ends at all. There are always two ways you can go to one yeah. point. So you always have the possibility as a player to go another way around, maybe so you can't get stuck too much in. But yeah, it's a very labyrinthy and lost place to go there. But to answer his question, I started working on the KMUK at end of August this year. So oh, we wow. have September, October, and yeah, two months. That's pretty impressive as well, though, to do to do everything, to do all of that. Like I say, I've been down there. I've seen how how extensive it is to do all of that in such a short amount of time, and to even have the the thought in your mind of look i want to place this specific thing here i you know things like the the you know the different military bits the different bunkers and the different you know things that you can sort of put in there the different buildings it, it's amazing that you would have the thought to actually put some of these things in and where where to put them because they they fit so well especially with the train and the train tracks and things like that yeah, sometimes I buy some assets, but don't know at the time when I buy them, where and how I want to use them on the map. So I keep them on the side since I know oh, there's definitely a project coming where I can put those assets in. And for example, the subway, I got those assets maybe or half a year ago, but uh, building a real subway system on the island uh, wasn't possible because of the DC engine restriction uh, relating underground areas. You always have to cover them with some 
ugly looking pieces so it's always hard to make nice looking underground stuff yeah but since i know i want to have a really big deep military in the kmute mount Katadin complex i know oh this is maybe a good place where i can create a little subway part where i can use those sets but to be honest the kmuke is just half of the deep it's going to be in the end so we are currently just at 50 percent of the underground complex wow which is going to grow because i want to have um the lowest part of the kmuke on sea level wow and the mountain is 500 meters high and currently the deepest point in the Kamuk military is at half of it, 250. But it's going to get much, much deeper. But I won't tell when those additional tunnels and systems are coming. They won't, will be there without telling everyone, anyone because I want to experience uh, the player that they can find it in accident. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's yeah. that's crazy, incredible though. That I mean, it's already such a huge complex under there as it is, and to think that you're planning on literally doubling it so far, yeah, like that. As you can see, we have got some some uh, hay left. I think we are now at uh, let me see, uh, two hundred two hundred and twenty meters, and this is going to be on sea level in the end in. January, so you're maybe <laughs> you're literally going to double it essentially. Yeah, that is crazy. You're going to need to update the timer on the door. There's no way that you're going to be able to do 90 minutes to, to get through all of that, <laughs> yeah. especially once you double it. I think it'll be difficult enough now. I love, I love though that you've included on the uh, on your website the the actual code itself and how the the step by step instructions on how to how to actually change the top the you know the timers on the door and uh, things like that you know change uh, luckily, the different things mm -hmm. uh, luckily uh, b master this was the guy who was coding the security resource system um had the idea of putting all the settings into an external json file for the server owner so that everyone can configure the timers on how much time the door stays open and closes again by themselves because i knew everyone is thinking different what they see gameplay settings uh, are and so it's the easiest way so every server owner can set up those settings by themselves yeah. and don't hard code it in there yeah yeah I, th I think that's absolutely brilliant especially for when it comes to server owners doing events on servers and things you can just go in and and change how long it takes for that door to automatically close so you make it either easier or more difficult for players to actually, you know, get out of there and thing. I think it's absolutely brilliant. But when it comes to to that actual underground complex, there's a, I've noticed there's a lot of sort of small military crates around that don't seem to spawn anything. Is that something that is going to be changed? Is that something we can change <laughs> now or change in the future? Uh, they should spawn. So maybe I don't know on which server you are playing, because the all of the military crates in the KMUK center are spawning military stuff in the end. At least they should. Right. Ideal. No, so it's probably just the way our server owner's got things set up at the moment. His wife's not long had a baby, so he's not had much time to uh, update <laughs> things. 
recently. So we've only just in the last couple of weeks actually got okay. anything spawning in the KMUK. So <laughs> maybe maybe you forgot to update some um, proto file or uh, stuff like that. Yeah, he knows a lot more about that than I do. I just do the community thing and tell people to shut up. He does the all, all the more important stuff. He does the but stuff yeah, that you he knows. You should be able to find stuff there right now. Yeah, it's it's such an incredible an incredible spot. I mean, I remember running into the uh, there was there's an underground prison not far from Groot's Hill, I believe. I remember way oh back yeah then, oh this is just finding finding that to erase. <laughs> It's just such, want... it such an amazing area. Really? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, but okay, because um, I just wanted to see how the prison is looking if I put all the prison underground and just leave the top entrance out there. And at some point, I just forgot to remove this <laughs> test project again, but it seems the player like it, so okay, leave it in. Well, yeah, I mean, I when I first ever discovered Deer Isle, I, I stumbled upon it by chance. I played on a on a community server that had the a trader camp at Groups Hill. So I I happened to have to run past that prison to 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 get between my base and the trader camp. And I, I remember just running through the middle of a field one day and looking over, and going, "Hang on, that looks like the the top spire bit of the of of the prison building at Prison Island." I was like surely there's not an entire underground prison location and then i went down there and spent hours looking around i thought like that's it's incredible that that you would think to put something like that in, and you wouldn't you wouldn't know it was there unless you were looking for it i really forgot about this place <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was the first location i ever found that was sort of secret like that if you like there was that sort of sneaky underground secret area like that Okay. It was such a such a cool area. There's literally an entire prison building underneath the map. And I think I think that's absolutely incredible. And like I say, to see how far you've come now to creating the, you know, the temple and the K-Muck and you know, places like that and the, the mountains and things is just it's really incredible how far you've come in what seems to be such a, a short amount of time. You know, I'm sure for you it seems like a lifetime. You know, <laughs> yeah, for the rest of us from the outside looking in you know to think it's only been a couple of years that you've been working on this and you've done so much already you know it's is really quite incredible ah uh, thank you thank you it is really impressive i absolutely love deer isle i know a lot of people do i like to say one of our one of our things we're talking about today is how there seems to be such a such a, a an uptick in the amount of servers running deer isle at the moment i know i've had a dm off someone obviously i'm not gonna say who it was but i did have a, a conversation with someone recently that's that runs a deer isle server that's actually getting a little bit annoyed because it's they're not getting the you know as many people in their server because there's there's so much variety now it's you know it's a, it's a good thing in a way you know there is so many more people using it and so many more people are going to get that that opportunity to use such a such a great map i think this is a some kind of common problem what those amount of servers um are um even it's the isle or generous olivonia because everyone wants to host its own server and i yeah can completely understand because i would do the same because i think there's not much more fun than setting up 
an own world you want to have, you want to play in, which fits 100% your gameplay setting. But unfortunately, if every player wants to have his own server, we have so much servers, yeah, which are so populated. <laughs> yeah, we see a lot um, of that now. There's there's a lot of servers out there, and it's it's very. Well, I say it's very easy. I wouldn't know where to start, but from what I can gather, from what I've seen, you know, with with different people posting guides and things, it's so easy to get a server set up. Probably not so easy to run it overall, but to actually get one set up and get that first bit of gameplay done, you know, it's far more accessible and easy than it than it used to be to do that. So yeah. I think it makes sense that we're seeing such an uptick and, and with so many modded maps, like you say, with Deer Isle, Chimsey, Essica, you know, Valning, maps like that, there are so many coming to the forefront now that are like Boydie said, just having that having that change from from Chinaris or Livonia just really adds adds a, a different dynamic to to the daisy gameplay regardless of what your um you know regardless of what your gameplay style is it's it's really good yeah definitely i love seeing a bit of variety you can't go wrong with it right let's uh let's see if we can get on to our our topics for the week uh again not as many um that are coming through from twitter this week last week our agenda was all all on Twitter. We could literally nothing was anywhere else, pretty much. But we've actually branched out to YouTube and to Steam this week to uh, to get some more stories. Uh, so let me see if I can fathom sharing my screen so that we can all see what's going on. I think that should have popped up there. Uh, so the first topic pick for today and i know this is one that a lot of people are going to be quite interested and vocal in uh but it's uh, from og levant and it's uh, note for daisy server owners please add an option to remove branding for streamers god damn so basically what he's going on here is when you go onto some uh community servers there will be a a big um there will be a big thing where there'll be like a big brand, like a big logo for that server somewhere on the screen. And I think it's also for kind of counts as well for the um, for clothing items as well. A lot mm -hmm. of servers will have, you know, big logos mm -hmm. and things on, on their starting gear. And I, when it, I think it's two different arguments. I think having a big logo on the screen somewhere is different to having a you know an in-game item like a jacket or something. I know with with Ben server you've got things like custom uh, weaponry, like the uh, Boaf fifty cal boxed ammo that you can find. Things like that I love. I absolutely love things like that because you, it's like a little Easter egg, but also a cheeky bit of free advertising if you you know if if a streamer finds it, but. There are so many servers out there now with such massive logos on, you know, in the top corner of the screen that if you're if you're a big streamer, if you're you know, if you're trying to play on a server, you really love a certain server. But they've got a massive thing like that, a massive logo there. You're kind of almost uh, you are really risking being being stream sniped because it's you're not able to hide what server you're on. And I think I think that's where where OG Levant is coming from in saying that, you know, that it's, I'm, I'm all for advertising. At the end of the day, the people who run these servers and who create maps and create mods and things like that, more often than not are doing it 
because it's a passion project. They're not looking to make millions and millions off it. They're just looking to do something fun that they enjoy and they're doing it for the good of the community. So I think there needs to be some kind of balance there. And I, I like the idea that Levant's put having having some sort of uh setting within the game where you can actually, you know, for that server, turn off that that branding for logos on the screen and things like that, I think is a is a brilliant idea. So you have one of the uh queries i have on this is almost becoming a moot point whether they've got an explicit server logo but with all the servers now having custom items and things like that like if someone's running along and they find gamer girl bathwater well anyone who knows um daisy servers well knows that's going to be blue waffle um and you know day one servers got custom stuff that's unique to that server so we I understand where he's coming from, but at the same time, um, yeah, a lot of money and effort goes into this, um, and the streamers are getting to play on these servers for free. Um, yeah, it's you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. Um, yeah, I I, yeah. I I feel for him. Like Ben, you're, you you had this issue on your server. Yeah, yeah. I mean. You have to strike a balance. I mean, first of all, I mean, depending on what server we're talking about here, obviously, um, streamers are not the biggest percentage of your player base. It's your community. And you're trying to provide a unique place for your community, and they want unique things. They want to see their branding or their name on something yeah. or whatever. In this day and age, it's really hard to hide what server you're on if you're a streamer. Even if you be right back every screen, everything else, people can find out. So ultimately, you can't say, right, I'm not going to brand anything on my server in case there's a streamer on here because that won't make a difference. They can look at the position of the sun and work out what time of day it is on the server and find out what, that way. Um, that said, you can strike a balance. So I did make, I will call it personally, I think a mistake, putting a on-screen logo in the top, top right of the screen one time. I think we had it for about a week before I took it off, realising that all you had to do if you was um, looking at stream snipe somebody on there, was immediately as soon as you went on Twitch, obviously because of thumbnails, you could immediately yeah. see the logo in the corner. So you knew before you'd even gone on the stream that that person was on the server. So I, I took it off and and in, and in hindsight, it was a bad thing. Also, we did used to spawn people in a branded T-shirt. So immediately, as soon as the character spawned in, you knew what server they were on. So I removed that. So now, yeah, like you said, you can find branded stuff on my server. It's your choice whether you pick it up, examine it, and look at it. You know, yeah. any anybody who's been on my server long, you know, for a little amount of time, soon knows what's branded and what isn't, and they can avoid it as a streamer. Um, but yeah, ultimately, you can't you can't hide it. You know, what server somebody's on. You know, anyway, so you can't pander just to streamers. No, um, no, I agree. I think that's one of the one of the good things about your server as well is you don't you do have branded items and unique items to your server, and I think part of that is why your servers have been quite popular as well over the years. So it's I think it's a good thing. I think you've got a very good balance, um, but I I do agree that there are like you say you, there are so many servers out there now that that have got those big you know those big logos that you can see on the on the on on twitch the second you look through a daisy stream um you know through the daisy category and 
I, I think it does. It doesn't necessarily invite stream sniping. I think stream snipers are going to be stream snipers regardless. But yeah, yeah. I, I think for me, it's one of those things where I'm I'm such a smaller streamer that I fly so under the radar that as far as I'm aware, I have never been stream sniped. Not that, or at least I have. If I have, I haven't noticed, which is probably more likely. I just haven't noticed. Um, you know, so for me, it's never really an issue. Um, and when it comes, like I say, I tend to, if I'm switching servers, then I, I've got a specific set, uh, a specific scene set up on my Streamlabs OBS to that just puts my webcam there and my chat box and things, so that it doesn't it hides my screen, so it, it doesn't show what server I'm on. But I think I think it is important to have that branding. Like you say, to to foster that sense of community, it's it's a cool thing when you go on a server and you you know you run into the first town and you find uh, you know a big jacket with the you know with the logo on it to a degree. I think that is cool because you, for me, whenever I see that, I kind of think right, well, this server's clearly you know into their community. This server knows what they're talking about. They're actually trying to do something cool for their community. You know that's a good thing. So separating yourself from every other server when you try when yeah. you're doing that, you're, you're like, trying like, to anyway. Yeah, and like we say, there's so many servers out there now. You have to do something a little bit different to a degree in order to actually have a chance of having you know having a decent sort of thing going on. So I kind of I kind of get what you're saying. I th- I think it's wrong to have. I think it's not a good idea. I don't want to say wrong. It's not a good idea to have like big logos up on the screen. But things like you like Boydy said, with like the game of girl bathwater, the fifty cow, the Boaf fifty cow rounds in that custom box. I think that's fine. I think that's brilliant. But having like big logos on screens, I think it is 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 gonna as good as it is for the community at the time. It, it is gonna automatically cause issues. I think so. I think having just like say just a little tick box or something like that in the in the settings to turn off yeah you know some you know uh, things like that you're not going to be able to do that for things like jackets or or whatever no. with the branding on it but just just for the actual on-screen logos themselves unless you're working out a deal with a server where you're a big streamer and you say look I want to come and play on your server you know can we work out a deal of some sort and then you know they put your their logo on their your sorry your logo on their stream specifically to say look i am playing on this server i'm doing an event on this server i've partnered with this server in order to do that then i think it that becomes a different a different kettle of fish so to speak um but yeah little, i do i do kind of agree be for somebody to just take that logo on and off the screen yeah and it, 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 particular streamers lives a lot easier just because then that logo wouldn't be straight away obvious in the twitch thumbnails yeah yeah like you say those thumbnails are a little bit of a little bit of a pain in the ass at times depending on the server you're playing on um Um, but isn't it a big thing for a streamer to use some time delay of their streamings or what's the problem if they do so uh yeah i think some streamers do stream with a delay um but I think the issue is then that if even if they're running with a delay, the logo will still be on the screen. Um, if 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 a server has it so that the logo act, you know is actually on screen at all times, albeit small and in the top corner, it's still going to be there at all times. So it kind of doesn't, you know, no matter what the streamer does, unless they crop their web, you know, unless they crop their screen down for their stream, they're never going to be okay. able to hide it. 
problem with delays as well, especially in, in, in Daisy, you're often trying to um, communicate with your chat and interact with your chat. Yeah. And if they're if they're five ten minutes behind yeah. what's going on, you can't have an okay, interaction with them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't bother streaming with a delay because, like you say, I want to be able to speak to people as their messages come up. I want to be able to actually, actually have a conversation with them. Um, and at the same time, I'm not a big enough streamer to warrant needing any sort of delays or any sort of, you know, anything like that. So delays way less common now than they used to be. Yeah, it used to be pretty much. I mean, when I first started streaming about two years ago. I mean, I, it, it, that was all I would see. Everyone was like, oh, you have to have a delay on your stream. Everyone I spoke yeah. to was like, you must have a delay. And uh, I just never bothered with it because especially like if, if I'm not big enough to be to warrant being stream sniped now, then I certainly haven't been at any point in the past. So there doesn't seem to be any point in, in doing it. Like I say, uh, if you're a streamer, you're, you're, you're trying to have that sense of community. You're trying to speak to people. You're trying to have that. Um, yeah, this kind of life know, interaction. Like, yeah, yeah. You, you you want that interaction, and I but I can understand why big streamers will have, especially in in a lot of first person PvP games.